grab your friends, it's time for MetaWatch, the world's first and only MetaBots podcast with a running bit. My name is Mitch, I use the pronouns, and I came up with the bit. Joining as always with no prior knowledge of the bit is Colin. Hi, my name's Colin. Uh, I haven't gone running in a while, but I should probably get back into that. Damn, okay. All right, all right. <laughs> Better than mine. Yeah. I like it. Uh, you know, uh, I gotta, I, you, you gotta keep, you're keeping me on my toes. Uh, Which is good for running. <laughs> No, you really don't want to run on your toes. Uh, you want to run on, like, the balls of your feet. No, no, no. You want to run on your toes and lean forward and put your arms behind you. That is... No, you definitely don't want to do that. <laughs> it's a well, recipe how, for breaking your toes. <laughs> how will everyone else know that I'm going to be the next Hokage? <laughs> you will You will have an easier time becoming Hokage with a better running form than that. Uh, All right, fine. All right, we'll... we'll We'll talk about this after the show. Yeah. Also, if we're being real, they don't actually run while they while they make that kind of like uh that kind of motion. They're like fly. There, it's basically while they're jumping and flying through the air. So like, it's not even really running. It's like Naruto leaping. I think you uh, you just ruined a lot of magic in the world, right there, Colin. <laughs> well, that's fine because we have two <laughs> magical episodes to watch this week. Uh... <laughs> they're so good. They yeah, are very good episodes. Um, I know you had a pretty bad time with the dub, but, um, uh, I, yeah, these are two great episodes. Uh, the first one's very funny. The second one has absolutely amazing animation. Um, uh, you know, I know this is, this is what episode shit, uh, 21 and 23 in the sub in the, in the sub in, in the dub the, uh, is, is what I'm trying to get at. Uh, they are episodes, uh, 13 and 14, see. maybe Yeah, 13 and 14. Which I guess, yeah, it does kind of match up with with what my theory is, um, but yeah, the they have we've uh, we've skipped several episodes so far as far as uh, the the Japanese to English uh, broadcast order, uh, and most of those episodes are going to be inserted back during season two. Um, but uh, kind of curious thing, uh, so we're watching uh, the Spy Who Row Battled Me and I Dream of uh, Hushi, and uh, I Dream of Hushi was originally episode twenty three. Which would have put it at kind of the the mid season point, uh, or or at the like the end of a broadcast core, uh, which would have meant that yeah, it explains why the animation and it looks so pretty. It's probably like happening during a holiday or something. Um, whereas, uh, uh, and I guess ironically, they got just shunted to the end of the first core. Uh, so yeah, here we are. Um, if, it's always oh, nice to I, learn about things. Yeah, I guess if people don't know what a core is, um, so this is not a thing that uh, American broadcasting usually sticks to. Uh, uh, it's it's more of a thing in Europe and, and Japan specifically. Uh, but basically, you know, there's 52 weeks in a year. So if you want to have a show, uh, if you're, if you're uh, uh, you know, doing programming for a whole year, then you, like, you either have uh, 52 episodes or two 24 episodes or four 12 episodes. And so breaking the, the year into quarters like that, they call those cores. Uh, it's spelled C-O-U-R, I think. I don't know. I haven't had to, like, know this in a long time. Um, but that's why, you know, uh, uh, when you see, like, oh, you know, uh, anime is always broken up into spring, summer, fall, and winter anime seasons. Um, that's that's because, you know, the way that, that it's broken up quarter, like, quarterly. And so, you know, a, a long-running season, uh, like, show, like, you know, uh, most mainline Gundams will be, like, uh, mid-40s to 52, just depending on how much, you know, money they have. 
have it's usually though there will be off weeks or they'll they'll have the show end a little bit early or whatever uh but that's why there's so many anime that have that are like 12 episodes long or have you know 12 episode seasons or anything like that uh we kind of see it in america it's just that you know Basically, you have two like uh, two quarters of the year that have like new episodes actively airing, and then the other two are basically there for like reruns or like B shows or you know whatever. Um, or modern cartoons uh, air an episode once every three months, and then four at like five in the afternoon, and then another episode the next week, and then nothing for a couple more months. Yeah, I'm really confused about specifically Voltron, and it's the the way that Netflix decided to do its production cycle because like it has three seasons in one year and like one of those seasons is six episodes and like one of them is like 14 and one of them is like 18 or something like that and it's just like it doesn't make any fucking sense to me (laughs) um without getting too into western cartoons because they are inherently inferior to these great uh metabots cartoons um i did not say that that is all mitch (laughs) Uh, so, uh, a big part of the Western cartoons from my understanding of, uh, the back end of things is a lot of that kind of decision-making is made to break up, uh, animation unions as well as to, uh, make contracts weaker on behalf of the animators. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Yeah. Uh, that, that, that definitely seems like, um, yeah, cause we've, we really have moved away from, uh, uh, you know, the kind of like standard recurring uh animated shows in the u.s at least and that kind of mm-hmm. fucking blows but you know whatever um but yeah god St- uh, steven like that that broadcast cycle also completely makes no sense but uh it certainly is a successful show and people enjoyed watching it so uh they must have been doing something right uh deciding that what the last like two seasons were just gonna be dropped like five episodes at a time uh over a course of like two weeks or whatever <laughs> It was it was real rough being a fan following yeah. that show because uh, you would miss you know a week and like oh shit there go five episodes and then you yeah. catch up on it and well then you at see least nothing you for would have six three months. months to catch up on them. Well, except for <laughs> the next day, everything's all over the internet. Yeah, that's true because they've been starving for anything. Anyways, this is a podcast about metabots. <laughs> oh, right. I forgot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, first episode up, we've got the spy who row-battled me. Uh, this all starts. Icky is going on a date with Karen to some mystery location. He's waiting for her uh, at the train station. Um, Metabi thinks that, um, uh, reads the note that, that she gave him, which is pink with a little heart on it, and sees the XOXOXO on it, and, uh, thinks that Icky's completely confused. She clearly just wants to play tic-tac-toe. Um, also, uh, Arika is very jealous and angry about this, uh, uh, that, uh, you know, I- Icky has somehow gotten a date with somebody, uh, Karen specifically, um, and, uh, yeah, they're all just kind of going back and forth about how, you know, oh, she's not going to show up, or, oh, you're just going to play tic-tac-toe, or whatever. Uh, Karen does actually show up, uh, and, you know, ready to go on this date with Icky, but also has her uncle in tow as well, um, who is wearing a bolo tie, 
Uh, and, um, uh, you know, Arika makes fun of it. Uh, she calls it a, uh, you know, says, you know, he can't be Karen's uncle because, uh, he's too poor. He just has a, uh, a, a pair of shoestrings with a coin on it for a tie, which, uh, he's like, oh no, it's bolo tie. And then finally Karen explains that, no, this is, this is the man who, uh, uh, invented Metabots. <laughs> All right. So, um, we, we know off the bat, like I, we got a weird vibe from Aggie last episode and this episode he gets a weirder vibe um but this is where i'm like ah he's a bad man because uh she goes uh you know you have shoestrings for a necktie he goes oh it's a bolo tie it's my antique it costs more than my island in the caribbean and i'm like hold on hold on first of all owning an island in the caribbean that's not good and then you're wearing clothing that costs more than an island uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Get out of here. Yeah. Beheaded instantly. I don't care if you invented robots. Mm-mm. Uh, well, uh, it turns out he didn't invent metabots. We'll get to that later. Uh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These are... We finally get lore. And, yeah. Um, and two episodes... Uh, so this is an hour's worth of lore that we're getting for the most part. And oh, yeah, only, we are, yeah, we are really getting all of the lore right now. Uh. We only get one incursion from mr narrator and it's not about the lore what what is uh is it in the scene or is it later on oh it, it's later it's okay. later uh, uh, i'll bring it up don't worry yeah. um well anyways we we uh segue to the train um uh arika's giving icky a hard time because uh this is such a big scoop um, and, uh, you know, he should have told her sooner, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, we find out that the reason that, um, uh, Uncle Aki is escorting them on this date is because they, uh, they're going to the Metabot Corporation, um, where 90% of all Metabots and Metabot accessories are produced. It's, it's pretty good. Uh, Metabee makes a comment that the name's a little on the nose. That's very good. Yeah. Like. He's a little stinker in this episode, and it's great. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just want to know, like, who's what's who's making the other ten percent of uh, of Metabots accoutrement? I mean, you got your um, your Kmart Metabots, your uh, Good Value Metabots, your nice Metabots. <laughs> you know, um, battle battle robots. Um, you, you get your knockoffs everywhere. Yeah. Is there a company that just makes, like, matte black tactical Metabot gear? God, you know they do. Yeah. It's all carbon fiber. Plenty of nylon straps just to put on your Metabot for no reason. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, God. Yeah, there's got to be, right? Just an entire company that all they do is just light up LED uh, panels for your Metabot. Oh God! Like the um, the Alienware of of Metabots. (laughs) It's not even different parts. It they just put. Uh, LEDs in them. That's all it is. <laughs> you know, there's a wish.com that just sells uh, Gucci stickers for your Metabot. <laughs> I, you know, uh, I really like Metabee's design. He would look better if he was white and red and had Supreme going up the side of one of his legs. I, I'm sure that's out there. I'm sure. There's gotta be, right? I, I know what I'm doing uh, with, uh, I'm, I'm getting a kit, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna learn to paint or find some Supreme stickers, I'm gonna make it happen. Uh, um, but when we finally get to the Metabot Corporation, uh, Aki just walks right through, but the minute Icky and Metabee uh, do, they set off a million alarms, like a thousand gates close, a hundred guards pop their head out, um, and uh, refuse to let them in. Uh, Aki tells them to lay off, though, and gets them some all-access passes. 
And uh, lets them know that they actually catch 20 to 30 spies on a slow day. Uh, this is the center of Metabots technology. Everybody is trying to uh, uh, get the get their hands on stuff. But, you know, they've got really good security, uh, which is why, you know, they catch all, all the spies. Nothing ever leaks out. Uh, except Sea Slug is here, uh, infiltrating the corporation and is taking photos with a spy pen. Uh, he eventually bumps into Metabee and uh, runs off thinking that Metabee's going to recognize him um, and uh, hides out in a room where uh, he gets a threatening phone call from Mr. Shrimp Lips, uh, who uh, lets <laughs> him know that he needs to get uh, get some, some rare metals and get out of there fast or else he's going to uh, piss off uh, the, the big boss. Um, and uh, one of his co-workers comes in. We find out that his, his cover name is Mr. Tunahead. Uh, and he's simply overwhelmed with how nice his, his coworker, uh, Miss Caviar is. She's just being so welcoming, making sure he's, you know, got everything settled, making sure he's feeling okay. Uh, you know, she lets him know that they're, they're throwing a party for him, uh, later that night. Uh, just, she seems like an absolutely wonderful person. Really love, love Miss Caviar. Yeah. Um, it's almost exactly the same for, uh, the dub and sub here, except I, I want to point out probably the best joke for um, most of this episode, um, it goes by real quick, real easy to miss for most people. Um, when uh, the professor is talking about how you know they have super tight security, uh, he goes, "They don't even let an ant in here." Maybe just really quickly, really quietly goes, "It's a good thing you're Karen's uncle." Then, and then they just <laughs> cuts into the next bit. But I just, it's so good, so good. Um, in uh, in the sub, her name is uh, Kasarumi, which is a type of. Um, dried fish eaten with sake okay so uh, keeping up with the fish theme so that's nice but yeah she's uh she's the breakout character in this episode if i could have more of her and him interacting if we'll get into it maybe a little bit more later but Listen. if we just had a spin-off series of just <laughs> this office work yeah all right 100 down yeah it's it's got to be either this is this is Oscar bait, you know. They're really just trying to get an award with this one episode, or we're setting up for future, uh, uh, you know, um, plot lines with the Metabot Corporation and the Rubber Robos. Uh, I'm here for it. I want to see it play out. Uh, this this is uh, simply uh, a, a a romance of the most melodramatic variety, and I love to see it. Uh. Um, I, I got a I got a question for you though. Um, so I was listening to the dub. Did the voices change? They feel a little different in this episode. Um, not as far as I can tell. Um, Arika, Arika, Karen, and uh, Icky all seem exactly the same. So does Metabee. Um, okay. Okay. If I, it, it, I wouldn't be surprised if you told me that they shuffled around some of the um, other rubber robos, uh, especially Sea Slug usually doesn't have speaking roles, so I would be surprised if if they had to change him out or something. And I also haven't heard Dr. Aki enough to be able to, like, reliably say, yeah, that's definitely his voice actor. <laughs> It'd be weird if, you know, the next episode they changed his voice actor. Um, Karen sounded a little different to me, but, again, I listened to the I listen to the uh, sub probably four times more than I listened to the dub. Yeah. So, <laughs> that might, it might just be me. But, uh, real quick about uh, Tuna Head. He's got, he's got some beautiful peepers there. He's he got does. some good peepers. He's too bad he hides them nice. away. Um, but yeah, then we, uh, we get the rest of the tour. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we get the, the full tour of the factory floor where they make thousands of tin pets and meta parts a day. 
Uh, and Dr. Aki explains that the reason that Metabots are so cheap, widely available, and easy to manufacture is because of uh, he was able to invent Metabot Alloy, uh, also known as M-Alloy. Uh, and essentially, it is uh, a, a, a nanotechnology built... Uh, um, uh, metal. It sounds like it's like it's basically like nanto nano printed metal uh, because it's as flexible and strong as bone, but as hard as diamond. Uh, and also, I guess because of the nanotechnology, has the the ability to like self repair minor damage as well. Uh, so it just makes them uh, you know very very long lasting. Uh, probably just have like you know you don't need to oil the joints constantly or anything. Uh, they hand up to you know getting shot by missiles all the time. Uh, it seems like, uh, and, you know, Dr. Aki also hints that, uh, that the, this Metabot alloy has actually, like, revolutionized this society in, like, incredibly. And might be, like, uh, a big reason, uh, that, you know, the technology, uh, in the show exists the way that it does. Yeah, um, I mean, I don't necessarily think of the word flexible when someone talks about human bone. But I, okay, I get it. Um. In the... I, I think when you compare it to other things, uh, uh, the you know bone is very hard. It's also spongy. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I I get it. It's just it's a weird phrasing for me. Um, <laughs> exactly the same phrasing as the sub, which is weird. Okay, uh, well, they want to well. they want to keep the lore. They you know this is a this is a respectful localization project. They know the kids are here for the lore. We all love lore. <laughs> Well, okay, uh, we're going to put a pin in this real quick, but I think there's a reason they said flexible is bone, and it was important to say it again. Uh, it's because the ten pets are skeletons. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> uh, um, He also throws in another little interesting fact that I, we're going to have to keep an eye on. He said this technology was invented 18 years ago, and they emphasize that in the, the sub. Okay. Which, okay. Yeah. That's interesting because the timeline that we see from everyone's ages that's uh that's wild. It's definitely that I I missed that part. Uh, which it was only in the sub. Okay. Just real oh, quick. Okay. All right. That's I'm well I'm, I'm this is why I'm glad that you're the 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 sub reporter here. Uh because like yeah, that that definitely puts some things in the next episode into like a bigger context. Um yeah, it it brings up a lot of questions for me the point where i'm glad they took it out of the dub because uh 18 years is a long time well no it it makes sense um you know it's probably 18 years ago uh i was gonna make a uh icky's parents or uh phantom renegade joke but that's i don't i don't see it playing out so i'm just gonna move on yeah Uh, yeah yeah. i I saw i I knew that's where you're going but i'm like yeah 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 um i mean well the, the other option is that henry is a metabot um See, that was the thing, but I'm like, well, because I said Karen's a metabot, and then I'm like, well, she's too young to be an 18-year-old metabot. So, I mean, granted, they could have waited a couple years. Why emphasize the 18? It's just unusual. Well, here's the thing. Uh, If she is a metabot, then she doesn't necessarily... Well, oh... We'll get to it. Yeah, we'll get to it. We'll we'll see this play out. This is is a long-term theory. I think, still... Uh, if we assume that Henry and Karen are both metabots, um, Henry, obviously older model, 
made to be an 18 year old or however old Henry is supposed to be uh, and will just never age and no one ever notices it because he just works at a 7-Eleven it's you know uh, you, can't even get, yeah, you can't even get Phantom Renegade to notice him it's it's fine um, Karen is the next advanced model she can actually we know that, that she's grown up with Koji Koji would notice if she was never aging uh, so clearly she has to be the new model that actually grows uh, at like a human does but is a metabot so yeah we'll 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 get there yeah we'll we'll figure it out uh we'll we'll see this play out um uh speaking of koji uh (laughs) as we walk away from the uh the tin pet assembly um karen goes you know i wish koji was here and aki goes unfortunately he still hasn't recovered from the spider incident the other day (laughs) so we know for a fact this is several days later and koji's still terrified of spiders hey listen it's it was a trying experience he had to go therapy um, we shouldn't make fun of it. It's, you know, uh, my heart goes out to him. I mean, we can make fun of him a little bit. Yeah. He can afford therapy. Uh, we do cut around the corner to, um, Tuna Head doing some more espionage and Miss Caviar comes and finds him and, uh, romantically invites him to come watch the new R&D, uh, secret test and grabs him by the hand and, and drags him away to it, uh, blissfully. Uh, yeah, love it's... how this romance is playing out. Yeah, um... We see him be very conflicted uh, from the get-go, but it's, like, way more here. He He's not sure if he wants to be an evil criminal anymore. They never treat him nice. And then, I mean, Miss Caviar is here, and yeah. he's into her. And then um, she just grabs him by the hand, and he's just gone. Yeah. And it this romance is blooming hard and strong, and I'm for it. Yeah, he's ready to settle down. He's ready to leave his life of crime behind. Um that's love. Uh, yeah. Uh, we go back to the tour, um, and Icky and everyone asks about where they make the medals. That's the only thing they haven't seen yet. And Aki completely clams up about it. Um, he won't let them go down an ominous red-lit corridor that is very clearly where the medals are made. Um, and to, uh, to distract them from it, uh, takes them towards the door, throws it open, and the American Southwest is here. And it's everywhere. It's a giant room. They go through the door. The door disappears. Uh, and suddenly they see a, a battalion of tank cars closing in on them. Uh, Icky swears to protect Karen as they dive for cover behind a, uh, a cement roadblock. Uh, Meta B wants to take on the tank cars, but, um, you know, uh, uh, can't, can't take on that many. And Aki uh, tells him to stand down as they release a brand new Metabot. It starts yelling destroy and just wrecks all these tank cars. Um, and, you know, once it's done, uh, the walls return to a normal state. It turns out they're in, uh, in a hollow simulation room. Um, and the new bot is off in a corner with a bunch of wires hooked up to it. It is Belzelga. Uh, and it's Good so, it, it can punch so hard that it damaged its own fist. <laughs> um, call me old fashioned. I don't think toys should scream destroy and they go on a, like a robotic rampage. Uh, well, I mean, I think the, uh, the subtext of this scene is, uh, you know, the Metabot Corporation, like all members of the military industrial complex, uh, they are developing, uh, uh, Belzelga for, uh, the, the use of the American military machine. Um, you know, they're developing drone weaponry. They've already supplied them with tank ores. Now they're, they're developing this huge giant killing machine of a, of a metabot. Uh, it, it's, it's not meant to be a commercial model. This is, this is the, the secret, uh, you know, um, uh, military grade, uh, meta technology. 
uh, right, which so does it's... mean that yes, Doctor Aki has committed war crimes. I mean, obviously, look at him. Um, <laughs> How do you think he got that island in the Caribbean? <laughs> I, I think you're going to talk about his bolo tie. <laughs> God, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, oh, I lost it. It's gone. <laughs> um, boy. Uh, hmm. No, it's, it's gone. It's gone for good. I, I lost it. Uh, I don't uh, even remember what I was trying to remember. Uh, well, just like how you lost it, uh, you know, Icky immediately asked what kind of metal it must have. Uh, but Dr. Eki immediately just deflects again uh, and uh, says, like, hey, let's go get lunch. Let's head into the cafeteria. Uh, you know, Arika asks, oh, are you going to treat us? And he says, oh, no, we don't. You don't have to worry about that at all. They give out complimentary crackers and ketchup. Uh, uh, similar <laughs> joke, but they were actually eating real food in the sub, at least. Okay. Um, are you saying that crackers and ketchup isn't real food, Mitch? Yes. <laughs> uh, depending on how you eat a cracker, it could be food or a condiment. Controversial. I get it, but it's true. Yeah, no, like, you know, if you crush up crackers, put on a meatloaf, that's that's uh, using it as a condiment. Like, I get where you're going. Um, crackers on a meatloaf? Wow. Yeah, right, yeah, right. it's like a really common way to, like, get a nice kind of, like, extra crust on the outside of a meatloaf is you, like, basically... Um, uh, honestly, like panko crust is better in every oh, yeah. possible way, but, um, Absolutely. you know, before we could rely, before I even knew what panko crust was, that's what my mom would do is she would, you know, crush about five saltines into a, a powder and then just put that on the outside of a, of the meatloaf. Um, I don't get crunchy meatloaf. I get nice soft meatloaf. You, you having a little bit of a crust on the outside is nice. I, I'll take your word for it. And I'm. <laughs> I love meatloaf. It's one of my favorite meals. Oh, oh, man. I do miss working at a restaurant that had meatloaf sandwiches every once in a while. Oh. Um, but anyways, uh, Sea Slug sees his moment. Obviously, Belzelga has to have a rare metal in it uh, or something incredibly, you know, experimental. Uh, and starts to move in to get a look at it to try and steal the metal, uh, but is taken aback when he sees Caviar is working on it, uh, which, as we know, when we get the, the title card for uh, um, Del Zelga, um, uh, Miss Caviar is uh, uh, Del, uh, Del Zelga's um, uh, meta fighter. Uh, which so is, this is kind of her baby. Yeah. I um, love it. Listen, she's a scientist. She's got a career, you know. She is oh, making yeah, murder yeah. machines, but, you know, you got to make a living, I guess. Pobody's nerfect. Uh, <laughs> Metabi uh, then kind of walks over and confronts Sea Slug for not apologizing earlier when uh, he ran into him, and basically throws a big fit. But you know, as as we know, as uh, uh, Caviar has repeatedly told him, like everybody here loves him. You know, they really like the work that he's doing. And so one of his coworkers comes over with a giant cattle prod and tases Metabi into a coma. They throw him on a cart with uh, Belzelga and uh, cart him off. And uh, a couple minutes later, the the gang realizes Metabi isn't there, and Icky runs off to go find him. I'm sorry. Hold on. I Im- imagine with me being underqualified for a job, getting paid well, showing up. Everyone loves you, including the management, and then you fall in love at your job, and you get free employee meals. Like, why why go to a life of crime? Well, we we don't know if he's underqualified or not. Um, we just know that the big boss got him a fake identity, that's all. But we can't say that he doesn't also have all the qualifications that identity has as well. They really play up how stupid he is in the sub a lot, so I just assume he's he's just a dingbat. But, you know, maybe. Maybe he, he's a he dingbat. He could have really bad also, street smarts, but have, you know, a doctorate in engineering or something. Who knows? 
I mean, they do call him Dr. Tuna Head before, too. So yeah. may- maybe maybe I'm under uh, crediting our, our good fellow here. I have a bachelor's degree and I'm an idiot. I'm not going to argue with you. <laughs> uh, so. Um, you think Henry's retort. Like, <laughs> all right, yeah. Oh, yeah, certainly, yeah. That's the biggest failing of, of my um, literary critique and uh, ability to, to read the show is the, the, the evidence that I think Henry is retort clearly shows that I, I don't have any uh, uh, media literacy at all. Um, <laughs> it, you said it. Anyways, so we uh, we cut to the uh, the cafeteria. Um, Caviar comes to comfort Sea Slug. Uh, he seems a little bit down, and she made him lunch. She made a bento box for two because she knows how mu- how much better food tastes when somebody makes it for you. And he just starts crying because no one since his mother has ever has made lunch for him. Um, and is just so uh, you know tastes so good. He's so overcome. He finally has the courage to ask her out. He goes for it just in time for this fuck named Corky to walk over and uh, you know <laughs> uh, say you know say hey uh, caviar are we still on for tonight? And she's like oh yeah of course. And so he runs off thinking he's lost her forever. Uh, you know he didn't make his move in time and she's already dating somebody else. Just it's tragic. Um. So we get a bit of a difference here in the sub. Okay. Uh, but before I get to that, I, I really I, I really like how how poetic he is almost about this. Um, he, he's asking if he should choose a life of evil or a life of love with her. And, I mean, first of all, your true love would be evil with you and try to take over the world with you. That's that's love. Yeah. Um, also, Miss Caviar, you know, I'm not entirely sure she's not evil. So, I mean, try her, boy. Well- yeah, I mean it. It does. It does fully show that uh, you know the uh, the the downfall of many relationships is communication. And uh, he's he's been so untrustworthy for so long. He doesn't know how to make himself vulnerable. He doesn't know how to talk to his partner. This is a theme that we mm-hmm. see constantly in Metabots with Icky and and Metabi and and various other you know uh, uh, people. Rakusho will not open himself to other people to to really have friends again. And uh, I think this is the major theme of Metabots is is communication and and, you know, letting your walls down to to be intimate with other people. Yeah, it, it's a it's a show about tragedy wrapped up in robot fights and comedy. Yeah, um, <laughs> it's it's beautiful in its own way. Um, in the sub chief walks up to Miss Caviar and, as opposed to Corky and Corky is a much better name. <laughs> But he goes, have you had any time to think about that marriage proposal? Oh, well, that's a little more explicit. Uh, And she (laughs) says, yeah, he looks handsome. I want to meet him right away. And then, you know, uh, Tuna Head runs off. Um, And the dub, he goes, love shot an arrow in my butt for the first time and the last time because I'm running back to evil. That's that's a real good line. That's a good line. Uh... Um, And then we see him uh, real quick. Uh... Uh, Metabi wakes up in a closet. Yeah, he's uh, in it like a ten pet storage area. <laughs> yeah, and he walks out and he sees um, he sees uh, uh, blah blah. Uh, it's like a slug. bunch of green tubes with with a each one has a has a rare metal inside of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which we see a lot in this show, and we're going to see more and more. Um, which is weird. I'm we'll skip past that. Fine. Because um, <laughs> the the interesting part to me is we see sea slug trying to steal the metal from um, uh, Bazelga. And Metabi 
recognizes him from the back because love isn't in Sea Slug's heart right now. Evil is, and he recognizes the evil. Now that's subtext, but it's there. <laughs> no, I think it makes sense. You know, when when you know a uh, 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 tuna head is pure of heart and only mm-hmm. thinking of of Miss Caviar, uh, that's that's all that Metabee sees. Metabee sees straight into your soul. Metabee sees what's in your heart, and that's why he has such a fraught relationship with Icky. Yeah. Icky is such a young, confused man that he's too tumultuous. He doesn't he doesn't know how to control his emotions. He doesn't even know what he feels. And he's a little shit, yeah. <laughs> but I, I, I love how transformative love is, like, just right there. Yeah. I, even from the back, he goes, oh, that's the bad guy I know. Meanwhile, he bumped into his face multiple times. Real good. Yeah. Uh, we then cut over to Icky outside of the, the red-lit uh, metal room door where Aki confronts him. Uh, he demands to know uh, about the rare metals. Uh, that you know, it's it's such a big important mystery. He has he has to know what they are. They could they they could cause the end of civilization, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, Aki won't tell him uh, because finding out the secret of rare metals is a curse that comes with death. Uh, and just well, as- <laughs> well, okay. Aki said, even if I do know, I couldn't tell you. <laughs> he he emphasizes uh, a couple times in the show uh, how he's not even really sure anything about these metals, which yeah. is. A really big point in something that I don't think the show at the time is giving a lot of credit for. Yeah. Um, I, I the think uh, having this episode and the next episode back to back definitely helps. Uh, but oh, yeah. It, yeah, it definitely seems like we're in a uh, Dr. Eki is a Thomas Edison. He did he did a really big invention, which was inventing me, uh, uh, Metabot alloy. Um, but the, the true secret of metals is uh, probably somebody else's research that we're going to find out. I hope so. If not, I'm very confused where the show's going. <laughs> uh, but yeah, alarms go off immediately as Sea uh, Slug steals Belzelga on a handcart, uh, and Metabee is in hot pursuit. Miss um, Caviar is completely taken aback and surprised by finding this out. Sea uh, Slug gets to the roof uh, and proceeds to offer up the rare metal of Belzelga. Uh, to the boss, we get that whole, we get a repeated animation with the big swirling clouds and the lightning bolt and everything, and it turns out that uh, it's not a rare metal. It's not a rare metal at all. Which, okay, it is a rare metal because it's a prototype metal. So it, it's a technically rare metal, but I'm guessing they want a rare capital R metal. Yeah, it's not a capital R rare metal, whatever that means. <laughs> Which, I'm sorry, you're going to have to educate your 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 goons on how to recognize the difference between a rare metal and a rare metal. Well, so I can't tell. Uh, they could have put any old metal, and they were just testing out the meta parts. Uh, he did the you know instead of stealing this giant metabot, he could have stolen all of the many actual verifiably rare metals in the uh, in the tubes around him at the same time. I mean, then he's going to get his suit wet. Like I get it. Well, that's, that's, what he, that's what he has the rubber robo suit for. You don't put your arm in goop. Like, <laughs> it's goop. Ugh. No, thank you. It could be green Gatorade. You don't know. Besides, he did see this uh, robot just destroy an entire army of tanks. That's true. Probably pretty valuable, uh, too. It'll, it'll make the escape easier, hopefully. Um, uh, the, the caviar soon arrives uh, along with everybody else. Uh, she tells him that he should have come with her, uh, that you know uh, she could have helped out. Um, and specifically, you know, uh, like all he has to do is just, if he hands over, 
uh, the um, the Metabot and gives up evil, everything will be fine. You know, after the security guards and the police, the courts are, are through with you, everything will be fine, is what she says. Uh, uh, in the sub, she mentions um, to the effect of, if you just stop now, this will all be forgiven and everyone will love you again. Yeah. Well, as we know, uh, the the English the the dub of uh, Metabots, uh, the the world is a um, uh, uh, it's a harsh libertarian place. hellscape. Uh, yeah. So Same it thing. makes sense that uh, you know uh, these these uh, uh, petite bourgeoisie scientists working in this incredibly prestigious corporation have a very good opinion of cops. <laughs> I mean, they do work with the military. Yeah. yeah same thing. Um, Tuna Head finally transforms into Sea Slug fully, uh, throws on, uh, tears the suit off, reveals his uh, uh, rubber robo outfit, uh, his voice changes everything, and he commands Belzelga to attack. Uh, we cut to outside where Mr. Referee is stuck uh, at the gate because the corporation security won't let him in. Uh, and uh, we go um, back to. Hold on here. Yeah. Because uh, this is a sub difference that I really, really like. Um, in the dub, he's like, let me in. Uh, I'm the referee. He goes, no one gets in without, uh, you know, proper access. And he goes, yeah. but I'm the officially sanctioned referee from <laughs> the, the Metabots. So like, yeah. I'm officially sanctioned. He goes, oh, still not good enough. And the sub uh, he's like, you, you let me in. And he goes, no. He goes, I'm Mr. Referee. And he goes, I've never heard of you. And then shuts <laughs> the thing again, which means... Uh- because Mr. The, referee is sanctioned, sure, but I love the idea. He's like, no, I'm I'm the Mr. Referee. And uh, in the dub, he does throw in a quick "I've never heard of you" before he shuts the door, uh, which it, definitely easy to miss. It is thrown in there at like the last minute, basically. <laughs> it's real good. It's a good bit. Uh, anyway, so we get back to the fight. Uh, Brass, Neutra Nurse, and Metabi are all uh, taking uh, on Belzelga at once. Um, its punch is so strong that it knocks out uh, uh, Metabi's left arm immediately. Um, you know, after after discussing it, uh, they figured out that uh, Belzelga is basically one punch man. Uh, he could defeat anything in one punch. Uh, and so, you know, uh, Icky's really worried about, you know, if, they, if anybody takes a direct hit, they're basically out. Uh, Medibi immediately takes it to the leg, to his legs, and loses those two. Um, Brass is about to get completely destroyed, but Neutra Nurse comes in and throws up an energy shield to to save her, which uh, gives Brass the chance to kind of like bounce around. Uh, I'm pretty sure Brass is supposed to be the same model as Peppercat. Is that right? Uh, you know, I haven't I haven't seen that. She is a sailor model versus a cat model. Uh, okay. Um, they seem, but she they is seem very cat-like types, at least. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, uh, uh, Brass kind of like jumps around, uh, gets Belzelga to follow up a a water tower, um, and uh, you know, just just a uh, you know, in time for Metabi to hit uh, hit him with the the missiles while he's on the ladder. Uh, he starts to fall, but he grabs onto Brass's leg, uh, and she has to grab onto the edge of the water tower as it's collapsing, but Metabee gets up there, I don't know fucking how, and, uh, grabs onto her and saves her, uh, and lets out another missile, which takes out Belzelga, and it falls just outside of the corporation, right next to Mr. Referee, who immediately calls the match. Still manages to do his job, love it. Um. What a hero. Yeah. Uh. A working class hero there. Um. <laughs> Real quick, uh, so we cut to see the damage on Metabi uh, via Icky's watch. Once again, the information on the watch is different. So I want to say I really that, do like, have, uh, 
whenever we see the watch, that's they're supposed to be health bars, basically. I don't yeah. think that they're meant to represent power or anything. And I think it's just we we see like we mm-hmm. we never see the watch at the start of start of a match when Metabi like ostensibly has all of the health full. No, it, it, it's it's to show that he's taking damage. Yeah. Um. But the it's supposed to be the same information every time. Because metabots only have four stats: head, oh. arm, arm, and legs, um, which is wild. That those are the only four stats, but uh, that's the way it works. Um, well, it's it's um it's what it's head, body, left arm, right arm, legs, and oh shit, son, right? Uh, missile, rifle, uh, submachine gun, and oh shit, sucker. Yeah. Uh, oh shit, sucker. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this time around, uh, main servo, right arm, left arm, and reserves. That's different wording that we've gotten every other time we've seen the watch so this is really something i'm gonna have to start watching to see what (laughs) what other things they put in there oh man yeah uh who knows what they'll they'll uh fit next um uh anyways uh uh fucking uh as the rubber robos start to escape in their helicopter uh caviar yells out to uh to sea slug that um uh, it's all a misunderstanding. Corky was only uh, confirming that he was going to give her a ride to Sea Slug's welcoming party that night. Uh, but uh, you know, they can barely hear her over the uh, the rotors of the helicopter, and Sea Slug just assumes that uh, she's she's saying her goodbyes and that he will he'll never be able to be with her. Uh, Caviar begins yeah. to weep openly. Uh, Btail and uh, the you know the the kind of last funny scene here before we get to some some post credit shit uh, is that Metaphy tells Icky to catch her on the rebound, which is kind of <laughs> <Yeah>. fucked up. <laughs> it's so good. Um, I, I I love that line. That's that's the second joke in this show that made me laugh out loud. Yeah. Uh, the first one being the ant, and the second one catch her on the rebound. Um, in the sub, we found out more information about uh, um, about that marriage interview. Yeah, yeah. I want to know. Yeah. So he, uh, as he hops in the helicopter, he goes, good luck in that marriage interview. You're going to make him happy and slams the door and flies off. And she goes, ma- ma- marriage interview. That was about my cat. <laughs> Her cat was getting married because <laughs> she's a very lonely woman. I, uh, I will say, um, that, that is funny. That is, that is a funny turn of turn of events. Uh, but I will, I think. Uh, I know you're really hard on the dub in the next episode, but I think this shows how good the dub for this episode is because mm-hmm. I think, uh, you know, the the whole it wasn't a date. Corky was going to give me a ride to your welcoming party uh, really is a much more like mm-hmm. tragic romance, which is what I'm here for in this episode. Oh, yeah. No, it it hits a little um, little more straight, which in this scenario is better. Um, but when she's crying. Uh, and the sub, she goes, but I love you. So like she, she didn't say, uh, cause in the dub, she's like, oh, you know, I was starting to really like you. And in the sub, she just straight up goes, I love you, <laughs> which hopefully that means we get to see her turn to evil. And I, I think him. this is a well that we will return to. I hope time and time again, I assume that it didn't, they didn't continue this luscious plot line next episode because they need to give it a little time to breathe. But uh, I'm I'm hoping that Miss Caviar becomes a uh, a, a regular addition to the cast. Uh, God, she I better need be. her to be here. <laughs> Re- replace uh, um God, who do you replace in the show with her? Doctor uh, Anyone? Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. But like, <laughs> literally anyone else. 
Uh, speaking of Doctor Aki, we do get one fight. We get a little. We get a little end of a Marvel movie scene here. We get a little shawarma. It's in, before the credits, but it's still like this is meant to be like a, a dramatic mm-hmm. long term reveal. Um, Doctor Aki is in the rare metal room uh, and is you know talking about the the need to protect these metals, and it turns out that uh, Phantom Phantom Renegade is here, and Doctor Aki knows him and. He has enlisted Phantom Renegade to protect these uh, these rare metals, um, which is wild because didn't Phantom Renegade try to steal uh, Metabee's rare metal from this very facility? That's what I would assume. Um, he stole it from a transport truck. Uh, the first episode, remember that that man died for Metabee. Okay, that's um, true. We don't know who was transporting it. Uh, yeah, uh, in the uh, the sub, the wording is slightly different. And as opposed to the idea of they're teaming up now, he goes, you need to get better at the job you're supposed to be doing in protecting these metals. So we oh. get more of a, he's been hired for a while to do this. And the, the phantom thief angle is more um, cloak and dagger kind of yeah. hiding it's, his real thing. And it's probably more of like, yeah, like that's the kind of fancy he's taking on. it. He wants to go and steal rare metals from, you know, rich fucks or whatever. Uh, you know, from the Rubber Robo Gang, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. When it turns out he was supposed to be doing, you know, he was supposed to be head of security or something here or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, Henry will be so disappointed to learn this. Oh, yeah. That, he, that his thief hero is actually a corporate stooge. I mean, especially um, since we know now that Henry is a metabot with a rare metal, and uh, he would uh, he would probably be crushed to find out that his hero wasn't doing everything he can to protect him. You know, um, this is the final nail in the Henry is retort uh, coffin that you, you know, you keep loving to dig up. Um, <laughs> retort can't be Henry because Henry is no longer working with Aki because Henry's a wimp. Aki's not going to hire Henry to be a thief if Henry's a wimp. What? What if Henry and Phantom Renegade are lovers? Are both metabots? Oh, oh, and they're the same ten pet with different parts and different metals. And the Phantom Renegade metal is really good at being a Phantom Thief and protecting rare metals, whereas the Henry metal is really good at running a Seven Eleven. Well, uh, Henry's not really good at running a Seven Eleven. We don't know that. <laughs> it's still open. <laughs> He's gotten in trouble from his boss multiple times in these episodes. <laughs> he doesn't have to work the night shift, though. That's fair. I, I guess we're gonna have to see. <laughs> yeah, um, but it's it's we're we're getting lore and intrigue in one episode. Yeah, which is wonderful. Like I'm, I, I need to go. We're gonna get to them, but like I want to go back and watch all the episodes we've missed to see is this more common than what we've been seeing, or was it just not fun beach episodes that we basically skipped over? And then <laughs> this is the first one in a little while that has meat in it. Uh, who knows? Um, I will, we'll have to find out in season two of MetaWatch. Uh, but for now, we've got another episode. We've got I Dream of Hushi. Or Memories of Wind and Fire. Much better title. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, already, uh, you're making, you're clearly making your case that, uh, the sub episode is better. Much, uh, absolutely. much better. I, um, uh, I had to stop watching the dub episode a couple minutes <laughs> in. Because, yeah. uh, normally I watch the dub, then I watch the sub a bunch. Um, cause then I can watch the sub, uh, super fast and, you know, read it and keep up better. Um, this time I did it backwards for fun. And, um, so we start off in this episode with arson, which is a bold choice for a kid show. 
Yeah. Um, uh, we see House on Fire, uh, of, of some running monologue about um, it being a lab. Uh, we see, we find out that this is Rakusho talking, uh, and he is thinking about his old master. Uh, he simply calls the professor, um, and it turns out he was having a nightmare. Uh, in the in the dub, he's just talking constantly. Like the first thirty seconds of the show is just his voice screaming, "Professor, fire, blah blah blah." Yeah, it's completely silent except for the sound of crackling fire in the sub, which is oh, much that, more that would powerful. Make the mystery of this episode so much better. <laughs> In fact, every time we see Rakusho, except for when he's talking to another character, he is silent. And in the dub, he's constantly talking. And it ruins his mysterious, like, everything. He's not an enigma. He's just a chatterbox who's sad. Which is fine. I'm a chatterbox who's sad. I get it. But, like, gotta be cool sometimes, dude. But, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Uh, I do he... want to point out, Professor does have a cool ponytail. He does. He's a cool so my notes, old man design. Uh in my uh, my notes, he's just Professor Ponytail for the rest of the episode. Yeah. I really like his mustache. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Mr. Referee asks. Yeah, uh, Rikushio wakes up in this tree. Um, a lady comes and yells at him uh, and tells him that he, need, he needs to get down from there. He, he needs to get out of here. Uh, uh, she has a butterfly metabot with her that's kind of pink and hovering. Uh, she accuses him of hanging around her house and trespassing. Uh, and uh, Rikushio, uh, like immediately agrees to leave and just kind of heads out. And uh, we find out that this, uh, this metabot is called a botafly. And uh, she tells uh, her mistress that uh, she is going to follow him out to make sure that he leaves. And we also find out that this lady's name is Ainsley. Yeah, um, the, the sub, so she's not outright as aggressive as she is in the dub. She's, I mean, standoffish and cold, sure. Yeah. But... She's not a dick like she she kind of is in the the dub. Yeah. Um, also, Butterfly, whose name is Pastel Fairy, and I'm not <laughs> sure which is a better name. Like they're both pretty good names. I don't like Butterfly. Like I get the pun that they're trying to make, but it just yeah. makes me think of of botflies, which are yeah, terrifying. That's the problem. <laughs> uh, but Butterfly or Pastel Fairy is kind of creepy. So yeah. Uh, also, in the sub, they're mute. They don't talk at all. They don't have a single line or sound in this episode. I don't which like is that. Great. No, no, no. Because no. <laughs> catching them in the dub, mm-mm, mm-mm. they could stand to not talk. Um, <laughs> I do realize you do want this to be just a, a, a stellar noir film, and I think that definitely this this episode could use with a lot less dialogue. But I mean, like, give give Butterfly a couple of lines. She deserves no. it. I mean, okay, but not the lines they do have. Yeah. Um, um, but this lady, um, Aika in the, the, um, the sub and Ansley in the dub, um, oh, she well, this looks is the like the first time they've changed somebody's name. Yeah. 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 Um, and it's been a while since we've gotten a different bot name. Usually they're pretty much the same too. So it's, it's pretty cool. Um, she looks like she's from a different anime in a good way, but she like, does. yeah, she looks like she's from one of those like serious period pieces or something. And it, I mean, it makes sense given the episode. But real good. Uh, so, I'm sorry, I was just double-checking something with Ainsley's name. Uh, I wanted to see yeah. if, if it was specifically supposed to be a reference to, like, uh, noir films or not. Um, so then we cut over. Uh, Icky and Metabi are racing up the stairs uh, the, of, of the same little area the tree's in. 
Um, and uh, Metabi immediately challenges Icky to a run back down to prove who's the real winner, but Icky surrenders and says, okay, you can win, I don't want to fucking run back down. Um, they do see Rakusho leaving, and uh, Metabi immediately jumps to, he must be dating Ainsley. Um, uh, Icky comments on that she's kind of uh, a little crazy about that tree. She loves that big tree to the point where uh, they were going to this kind of like road that like goes over this mountain uh, was actually going to go uh, like they would have uh, needed to tear the tree down and she chained herself to it so they would change the road plan and not tear the tree down. Um, and also supposedly she has a bunch of rare metals too. In the uh, <clears throat> well, first of all, in the dub, uh, he says maybe they went on a Rendez view, <laughs> which is which I love. Um, but and uh, the in the sub, he doesn't outright call her crazy. She is an environmental protester, is what it sounds like. Okay, I can um, I can respect that. He he was going about how she cares so much about that tree when the city wanted to tear it down to build a road. She led a one woman protest and uh, convinced the city to build the road around the tree. <laughs> she didn't they're not going oh you know she's a crazy tree lady and all this stuff no it's no she's passionate and she cares about that tree and that's that, that's a better way to put it i think uh especially given what we learned about that tree later but um metabee's on a little bit of a tear lately uh in this episode about love and it's it's real good i, I like that out of him <laughs> yes it, it seems like he's been watching a lot of soap operas uh which i can respect um absolutely yeah uh so um also also um they don't talk about rare metals uh in the in the sub they talk about a great treasure okay. which you know i watch enough cartoon shows to know it's an emotional treasure not a physical treasure and no one yeah. understands that from the outside well, they've, they've got to learn that which they will by the end of this 27 minute episode uh uh, we do cut to Rikosho having, uh, or excuse me, Rikusho having cool guy monologues in a park, uh, looking up at this big tree. Uh, he thinks that the tree can unlock his memories, um, and uh, you know, because he, he he confirms his last memory of the professor was being asked to go up into a tree to check the weather, uh, so they could go fishing the next day. Um, uh, he, you know, he gets that by, by going to this tree and sleeping there because the tree allows him to dream. Uh, Ainsley does come to, uh, to chase him off again. Um, and, uh, you know, while they're, they're arguing and, and he's getting ready to like, you know, apologize and leave again, they see a figure in the woods and, uh, Rikusha immediately springs to life and goes to like chase them off, hunt them down. Um, and this is where the animation of this episode gets fucking sick. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's good. Um, so first of all, uh, when he's cool guy posing in the park, it, it's a children's playground, which yeah. is funny. Um, now imagine the entire uh, cool guy montage of um, him walking the streets at night, him sitting in the park, him staring from a distance in that tree longingly. Imagine no words to ruin it. <laughs> Just this quiet hustle of the city behind him. Like, powerful stuff. Um uh, no, and I've then, seen Ghost in the Shell. I know what it needs, and it needs a children's choir. Still no dialogue, but it needs a children's choir. <laughs> okay, okay, I'll go there. All right. Um, when he's sitting on that tree and she comes back, she's not yelling at him. She just asks what he's doing. And he says, oh, I'm so sorry, and then hops down. And then, you know, when he comes back, she goes, uh, he goes, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I will take my leave. I won't bother you again. And she goes, you know, next time be sure to catch them. And then they just stare at each other quietly. As the emotion uh, hits. Uh, uh, hmm. 
Uh, I do kind of like the way that the dub does it better, where they just kind of like uh, she apologizes and introduces herself, and that's kind of all we get out of it. Um, different different strokes, I guess. Yeah, but yeah, she uh, she invites him into her house and uh, really nicely hangs up his cloak on the coat rack. Yeah, um, but if you you watch that scene again, which I did multiple times, she goes and hesitates as she's putting it on the coat rack. Like she's unsure if you're supposed to hang up, you know, this ratty cloak. <laughs> Uh, I think it, I think that kind of hesitation is more of just like her probably having like flashbacks to the person she would normally do this for, uh, and and you know probably feeling strange that there's a new person in her life. Uh, it does turn out that she makes butterflies stand outside in the cold all the time to protect the tree, uh, and uh, she explains that uh, the you know the the reason that she protects this tree so so strongly is because uh, her husband told her. Uh, how important this tree was and how this tree had the ability to heal people and how much he loved that tree. And then her husband suddenly passed away one day. Uh, and so she uh, she protects it to um, uh, to keep his memory alive. It's it's sweet. Yeah. Uh, Rikushio also explains that, uh, you know, when he sleeps uh, next to the tree, he can dream of his past. Um, and, uh, uh, yeah, which is surprising. You know, who knew that Metabots could even dream? I can think of at least two Metabots. <laughs> I mean, we do get, uh, if you remember, uh, a couple episodes back, when Metabee was dream battling. That's true. And shot a creeper chameleon. <laughs> so confirmed, we've seen two Metabots dream. Yeah. We don't know about Brass. Brass doesn't talk about herself that often. Yeah. Maybe Metabee and Rakusha are just too into themselves to ask other Metabots questions. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, Rikusho eventually leaves. Metabi and Icky see him leave and chase him down uh, and uh, ask him about, uh, you know, what what is he doing there? Like, why is he hanging out with uh, Ainsley so much? Uh, Metabi accuses him of, of trying to get to know her to steal her rare metals, and he just blows them off completely. A very private man, this Metabot. Which is fine. Um, uh, he's not their friend, as he, he points out multiple times. It we're at the beginning of the slow burn. We keep trying to jump ahead, but this is still at the beginning. This isn't even enemies to lovers. This is strangers to lovers right now. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, Rikushio eventually returns, finds uh, Ainsley's private photo albums lying around, and she, uh, you know, is like, hey, don't look at those. These are, the, the, I'm very private about this. I don't even like pictures of myself. Uh, and like the, they're mostly of her husband. Um, and she, in fact, only has one photo of her and her uh, husband together uh, that uh, her wild. husband convinced her to take uh, on, on uh, as a birthday present. And she lost it. Um, <laughs> yeah, that that's probably the most far-fetched thing I've ever heard of in Metabots. <laughs> I, I get, I I understand that I don't like my photo taken. There's no photos of me in the house, but your dead husband had one photo of you and you lost it. That that doesn't seem right. Uh, in the the sub, we talk about how um, her husband was really into antiques, which is why um, all the cameras that they owned didn't have a timer on them. And you know they're pretty shy and private people, so they didn't feel comfortable asking a stranger to take a picture. So she really regrets not having more pictures of herself, but. Her husband just loved her so, or her husband. She just loved her husband so much she couldn't stop taking pictures of him, which is real sweet. <laughs> and she goes in the house to look for more pictures of uh, her and him yeah. together. She just couldn't find her favorite one. 
That's so sad. Uh, yeah. I wonder where it could be. Um, well, well uh, she we goes do... to her study, yeah. his study, and look around in his study. Uh, so uh, they, he, she doesn't in the dub. She doesn't call it his study. She calls it her husband's room, which is kind of weird. Uh, which I don't know. I guess maybe a study would was just too weird to say in a children's show in English. But mm-hmm. uh, there is there, you know, there is a bed in there. Uh, but it's still got like all of his photos up. He's got there's like a, a shirt of his like lying on the bed. Like it's very clear she hasn't touched this uh, in God knows how long. Yeah, uh, she mentions how she's going to turn it into a spare bedroom, but uh, she doesn't see the need for that. So, like, <laughs> yeah, if you don't have any friends over, probably don't need a spare bedroom. I get yeah. it. Um, they do finally find uh, uh, her husband's medals. They're war medals, though. Uh, they're not Metabot medals. Um, and uh, I honestly think they're, they're mostly, like, financially worthless. They're just, they're a keepsake for, um, uh, you know, nothing too important. Um <laughs> Okay, in the in the sub, they're commemorative medals, and she's not really sure what for. <laughs> Which is that's a dub joke. Yeah, I, somehow this got backwards. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, I guess um, you know it is. This is an American dub, and uh, we simply love the troops too much. Uh, <laughs> could not turn it into a joke, I guess. Which is weird. Like you know, uh, if presumably if this is Japan. Um, uh, then they, you wouldn't get medals. Uh, you know, the, the fucking Japanese Defense Force doesn't go out and fight wars or anything like that. Uh, so, I don't know. Uh, I guess we are in, are in libertarian hellscape Japan, though, so they're probably yeah. rearmed. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, if they had tiny thinking robots that shot missiles and had swords, I'm sure they'd go to war more often. <laughs> um, we do see Icky and Medibi outside in the tree spying on him. Yeah. And uh, Medibi has a line that I I love so much. Medibi goes, oh, maybe they're committing adultery. And Nikki goes, well, she's a widow, so it's not really adultery. Hey, wait a minute. What kind of shows are you watching? Uh, in uh, the dub, he thinks that they're going to blackmail somebody. Um, or that, Raku- that that the Rakusha they're seeing is actually Rakusha's evil twin. Um and that that's when the you know Icky makes mm-hmm. the what shows are you watching comments. So just a little mm-hmm. less risque. Uh, I think blackmail and an evil Rakusho twin are a little more exciting. But you know, uh, I, I agree there too. Um, but but the idea of better be going ah adultery and then combined with all the other oh it's a love thing from earlier is just yeah. Real good. I, well, I, the I, thing is, is uh, it doesn't even robot. matter if she's a widow. Metabi isn't talking about her cheating with Rikusho. He's talking about Rikusho cheating on him with her. That's, that's exactly it. Is. Yeah, yeah. It's it's jealousy. That's that's pointing out there. <laughs> um, but yeah, they immediately fall out of the tree because the the limb breaks, and Rikusho runs out to attack them. Uh, but you know, recognizes them, clears everything up. Uh, and, uh, you know, kind of like vouches for them with Ainsley and is like, but they're just acquaintances and kind of like moves them along, that kind of thing. Um, hey, and we do see the rubber robos are lurking in the woods nearby, though. Hey, Colin. Uh, yeah. did you used to climb trees as a kid? Did I what? Used to climb trees as a kid. Yes. I did so all the time. Um, did you ever fall out of a tree because a branch broke? Yes. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Okay, because I've never. I I used to live in a tree in our front yard, and uh, I I've never once uh, had a branch break underneath me. 
that I stood on for 10 minutes and then it fell. I, we didn't, but this is like the third or fourth time in the show so far where this has happened. <laughs> it's about the variety of tree, I think. Um, uh, you know, most mo- like to be honest, like very few of the trees in the areas I grew up were good climbing trees. Uh, they like they they were all very tall and straight without a lot of branches, or if they had branches, they were simply like not big enough trees to support a child. <laughs> oh well, that's too bad because I have climbing trees, and uh, yeah, I, the idea of being able to climb a tree and then the branch breaks every time—it's <laughs> it, it's wild to me. I, I yeah. but I guess. That is my uh, Midwestern showing. <laughs> um, uh, you know, you just got You have to live in an area that's all pine tree or all all tall pine trees and tall oak trees, uh, and then you just you can barely climb anything. <laughs> I'm I'm good, uh, but we do see here uh, Rikusho going. Uh, no, these aren't my friends. They're acquaintances. I know them. <laughs> like that's as best as we get from them. That's gonna cut straight to the heart for Metabi. I mean, it's just gonna fire him up. Yeah, uh, they do immediately meet up uh, at sunset at the river. It's a very beautiful shot. Um, Rikusho explains what they were talking about in the house, uh, explains that the medals are old war medals. Um, probably he couldn't get a chance to really check them because, you know, Iki and Metabi fell out of a tree and he thought they were burglars. <laughs> um, uh, Rikusho finally gives us the, the whole backstory. Um, uh, you know, his, uh, his old master was Professor Ushi who was the, the person who originally came up with the theories of metabots uh, and uh, did the research that allowed for uh, Dr. Aki to go on and create the uh, the M-alloy and mass-produce metabots. Uh, and I think the, the kind of like really focal thing while, while he's giving us all this lore is we see a bunch of diagrams that uh, Professor Ushi made of the metals. So I think I think that's why Dr. Aki doesn't really know that much about metals is he didn't invent them. He just kind of invented everything that goes with them. Um, now, and, hold uh, on here. Uh, yeah. This is this is the difference. Okay. We see more of the notes in the sub. Oh. So in the sub, we see the top of the page all the way to the bottom, including a design, like a prototype design of a physical metabot. Tell me of this metabot. Um. It kind of looks like Gur from Invader Zim, but tall. <laughs> okay, okay. And then he's got a hexagon chest. So it's not it's not visually impressive, but it, the fact that there's a design for a metabot as opposed to just a metal in here yeah. leads me to believe that Professor Ponytail invented most of metabots, and Aki just kind of swept in. Well, so here's the thing, though, is we don't know exactly where these notes that we're seeing fit in the timeline. Because presumably, uh, like Rikusha was alive and aware of what he is of the the images that we're seeing, so that means that uh, at least Rikusha had to have been invented as some kind of prototype metabot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fair. That's Which fair. would explain um, why he isn't in the metabot catalog. Yeah, um, but the design of this metabot, um, I'll show you after the show. Uh, I drew a picture of the notes on my page here. Um, <laughs> He's a he's a big square boy, just a sketchy square boy, and uh, it does not look like the tin pets we end up seeing, okay. for the most part. Um, the other really neat thing here is um, so we see a bunch of circles and lines going around. Um, it's in a shape of a hexagon, and it's got a bunch of small writing and circles around it. Yeah. Um, we see another circle inside of a triangle inside of two more circles at the bottom of the page, and the middle circle is named Sun. 
That's the only word I can make out in all these okay. notes. Um, which, between that and then some of the imagery for the uh, the hex gun made of circles with lines, and not all the lines interconnect. Like it's a group of triangles touching, um, but not every triangle touches a different triangle. It's pretty weird. Um, I really want to learn more about this. I wish Metabots was a more popular show, so I could get high detailed notes of this and maybe like a translation or something. If this was Full Metal Alchemist, you know, this would be on you know tapestries inside of Hot Topic. But yeah. no, this is Metabots. We're one of the like the seventy five people in America who still care. Um, so uh, that's rough. Uh, and my Japanese isn't good enough to go hunting through Metabot forums for this particular image. Um, <laughs> but from what I could gather from here, uh, leads directly into the next conversation we see, um, where they're talking about nature. And between yes. this. We'll go through the conversation. Yeah. But I got a theory. Okay. Because, yeah, Professor Ushi then does start to you tell Rikusho uh, about the, the relationship between all life and nature and even metabots uh, and really tries to, like, lean into this idea that um, uh, even Rikusho is, is, in fact, a living being. And he may not realize it yet, but he will one day and truly understand what that means. See, in the in the sub... Uh, he just talks about nature's mechanisms, which makes sense. He goes, even humans have nature's mechanism, are nature's mechanisms. You too, which makes sense. I mean, most metabots we see, including the two main characters right now, are beetles. Yeah. Um, Rukusho is obsessed with bugs. It makes sense. Um, even though he's not an organic being, which he keeps pointing out, yeah. it doesn't matter because he's still one of nature's mechanisms, uh, which the emphasis on natural there is a little unusual. In the dub, if you go back and listen to it very carefully, which I did for this conversation, he goes, um, nature powers all living beings, including metabots. So between all this stuff, between the secrecy of the metal, between the green goop and the emphasis on bone earlier, metabots are people. They are. We've been, we've been going, this people are metabots. No, no, no. Metabots have some sort of organic soul put inside of them. Yes. Or like blood or something bad. I this mean, that's, is, that's why they got to be in the goop. <laughs> this, I said Full Metal Alchemist a few minutes ago. They're homunculi or something, something, something nasty going on. Mark my words, this is gonna this is gonna break bad pretty soon. We've been waiting for the military to explode with these metabots. We're going <laughs> the wrong way. God's gonna come down and start slaying people because of this or whatever metabot equivalent thereof. The Metal Lord. But we'll see something. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, what do we have next? Um, uh, yeah, and then uh, Rikusho says that the the very next day was the day that the fire started, um, and uh, he he lost uh, his closest friend, and he's been wandering the world ever since. Um, and this is when uh, Butterfly rushes in to uh, to let Rikusho know that Ainsley's in trouble. We uh, we head over. She's tied up inside of her house. Her her house is made a mess of the of its pots and pans. The metals are thrown everywhere, uh, and it turns out the rubber robos are outside digging around the tree uh, because they they don't believe that um uh, uh what Ainsley said of that she's just trying to protect the tree. Like there has to be something uh, valuable buried here, and they do. They f- they find an old antique box. Um, it's a good looking yeah. box. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's a, a nice very box. Breath of the Wild looking box. Yeah. Um. They do quickly get the box away from the rubber robos, uh, who then send out a uh, a new metabot, Saldron, with specialty fire attack. It's like a really cool like uh, salamander flying 
mermaid looking thing with two flamethrower arms it fucking i love it it rules uh uh, uh isala is the name in japanese okay which is it's flame sala sure yeah. okay uh <laughs> but it's a good looking salamander type it took me a moment to recognize visually what i was looking at but once i got it it was um it is basically a robot wearing a charmander outfit yeah one, it's, one of those it's uh, very cute uh, Kurugimis or whatever they're called, the the pajamas with the hood. Oh, uh, Kigurumi. Kigurumi, yeah, that's yeah. what it is. It's a robot wearing one of those. Yeah. Uh, Medavi uh, and Iki get ready to fight, but Rakusho steps in and says that this is his row battle. Um, uh, and he just starts, you know, going toe to toe with this uh, Saltron. Uh, we get a sick shot of Rakusho covered in flames as he uh, is taking one one arm worth of flamethrower, and then Saldron starts to point the other arm worth of flamethrower at, at him. Eventually, the tree itself catches fire, um, and uh, Ainsley, you know, wills Rakusho to get up and fight. Uh, for his own sake, he kind of goes berserk mode and uh, knocks both the rubber robos and Saltron completely off the mountain um, as the tree burns and everyone is is kind of like tearfully uh, watching that. They do finally open the special box and it has the picture of Ainsley and her husband in it. He had buried it as a treasured keepsake uh, at the base of the tree. Uh, and, uh, you know, she remembers that her husband said that this tree can, can mend a broken heart and she agrees, uh, because it is, it has healed her and, uh, you know, they watch the tree burn down and, uh, the next day Rakusha says his goodbyes before moving on and, uh, you know, she's going to move on as well. And, uh, she, she tells him that he's welcome to stay whenever because they, they have a guest room for him now. And, uh, the sub... He comes back to apologize that he couldn't save the tree. And she goes, oh, it's fine. It's just a tree. Uh, the important thing is, you know, I, I know the love of my husband. Uh, besides, I'm moving. <laughs> okay. So it's a very weird thing. Uh, the The guest room is actually a, I think, a better ending. Yeah. Where she's moving on with her life, but not moving away. And and this and the sub, she's like, no, nah, all right, bye. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going like to. The, the guest room thing kind of like, I think it's better because it it underlines that like Rakusho is growing too, that Rakusho is ready to let people into his life, and that's a really good kind of mm-hmm. signifier that he now has this. You know, he's still going to wander about because that's in his nature, but like, you know, he now has a place that he can return to if he wants, and there's people here who <laughs> want to see him, and he wants he he's accepting that he is willing to be in somebody else's life now even if in a transitory kind of way but it's you know it's nice yeah it it is very sweet and very nice um in the uh the sub um again it takes that different direction because she learned from him to move on sometimes you have to leave so she's like i'm gonna start wandering too so I, i don't necessarily know if that's as healthy as what she's doing in the dub but Instead of, you know, it being, oh, you know, I'm opening up, including to you. It's, no, you're right. I, I just got to get out of town, move on like you're moving on from your past. Which I'm not entirely sure that's... I don't think she was really paying attention to what he said earlier about letting go of the past. Because he wasn't following his own advice. But uh, it's it's crazy how pretty similar the sub and dub get. Except for one or two of these little changes completely changes the feeling of the entire episode. Yeah. And it's also just, the, like, a lot of extra dialogue that didn't need to be in this episode. <laughs> oh, no, for sure, for sure. Um, but it's it's probably the best part about doing this show um, is being able to watch both the sub and the dub or just hear about the sub for your end. 
um, really gives you like a sense of how things are different in America and Japan for these cartoons. And it's really interesting. Also, the robots are cool. So yeah, I don't know. It is confusing that they that they did this with this episode. It has to be that like they they probably like you know usually with a writer's room like this you'll have a uh, like you'll split up episodes between multiple people so like you know writer a will be responsible for these set of episodes writer b will be responsible for these us uh, episodes for doing most mm-hmm. of the writing and then they'll they'll go over them as a group but it's just weird to think back to um uh the the tournament episodes that really did have the like the same kind of space that the sub seems to have for this, where they're not filling everything with dialogue. They're keeping that kind of open, empty air and letting it be like an emotional episode. And instead in this episode, it's not even like they add in all that many jokes. It's just they they fill that those empty, quiet moments with dialogue that really just doesn't doesn't tell you anything that like the rest of the show won't tell you eventually. Yeah, yeah. Um that is probably the part of the dub I like the least is for the most part, with the exception of that one episode, they're always filling any silence. And I'm a guy who likes silence, especially in shows. It adds a lot of emotional weight to anything. And I don't need Rakusho to look at a tree and go, Oh, I need to get back to that tree and sit in that tree again so I can dream again. Yeah. I just need him to look at the tree for a second. And then the next time we see him in the tree, you're like, yeah, it makes sense. He was looking yeah. at a tree. As long as we get like one line between him and Ainsley that's like like yeah like you know when I sleep in that tree I get I dream of my memories then you'll like that'll that'll help be like okay that's you know the like it kind of makes everything come together but you don't necessarily need to have this constantly like uh you know uh what's what's the Futurama joke of like you can't just say what you're thinking that makes me angry uh you know you don't you you can you can let people infer people can have media literacy they'll pick up on things and you know you don't need to constantly be saying and showing everything that's going on at all at the same time (laughs) yeah absolutely and granted we are adults and uh this is a children's television program but Uh, you you can't more media literate than people give them credit for (laughs) exactly you you have to and if they aren't how are they supposed to build media literacy if you don't show them things that encourage media literacy exactly how are you supposed to understand subtext if you don't come across subtext until you're trying to read a really boring book in high school yeah uh you i i would you know uh 2024 replace the great gatsby with metabots god just replace it with anything really (laughs) Get rid of Catcher in the Rye first, but yeah, hopefully oh, something. God, uh, those are some great episodes, though. Um, oh, yeah, no, um, this show's only getting better, and that <laughs> worries me. Oh, like, I, I don't know how this upward trend's going to continue and still give us the bullshit monster of the week that I crave. <laughs> uh, I mean, well, uh, you know, next, next week uh, we might be in for one um, because... We are going to have episodes uh, Meta B versus Rakusho and Use the Metaphors, a.k.a. Discovery of Metaphors. I think we're going to have a big one next week, folks. <laughs> yeah, these next two episodes are probably going to be pretty... Uh, well, the first off is a love story, which is fine. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with it. Yeah. Two weeks oh, in a row. So, uh, presumably, uh, so um, uh, the next two episodes were the... Uh, in in the Japanese broadcast order, episodes twenty five and twenty six, which would actually make them the uh, the exact midpoint, the kind of like end of the first season of this show. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so that's exciting. Yeah, this is going to be uh, kind of a finale for us for a little bit. I, I'm expecting. <laughs> I, I'm expecting us to go all out next week, and then. Um, well, we we might have the Switch game next week too, right? Uh, it releases uh, in 15 minutes. Okay, all right. I'm glad um, I am about to finish Grandia so that I can start playing uh, Metabots instead. And I've done a bunch of research, and I could not find confirmation one way or the other of an English sub. Uh, well, you know, if it shows up in our eShop, then it shows up in our eShop. <laughs> well, I, I do know, uh, based on the Japanese Switch eShop, that a lot of games over there are translated to English still, but they just don't release them over here in our eShop for Nintendo reasons. Uh, probably because to get through the ESRB over here and a bunch of other stuff. I get it. Uh, probably not up to quality. Probably too much effort and money. I understand. <laughs> well, but, it, it, it might just be that they don't want to spend the money on, on uh, you know, paying for the trademarks and the branding and everything in, yeah. uh, in America. Like, if they're not going to make a, a, a full big push for this franchise, mm -hmm. I would love if if this Switch release was the start of a, a new American Metabots push. Uh, but I I could understand why, especially how much money like a franchise like this you must have to dump into. That like if it's only making money in Japan, then they're only going to release in Japan. Yeah, and from my understanding, it's not making a lot of money in Japan. <laughs> it's hanging in there. It's still getting stuff. Um, but from what I've been able to look at. Uh, it's mostly they have a dedicated fan base versus they have a lot of merch out there to support the show or something. Yeah. And, and for a yeah. robot fighting television program, you're supposed to have a lot of merch. <laughs> and and it might also be like one thing that like I know uh, a lot of these things that, that do make it uh, over to the English side. Like, you know, uh, I've been playing through Grandia 2 again because uh, the Grandia HD remastered set has been on Switch for forever at this point. Um and, uh, you know, it's not necessarily that Grandia is, is a hugely successful franchise in America, because it's not. Um, but I think the big reason that, you know, the, the HD remaster came over here is because they're already localized, pretty much, you know. Mm -hmm. Do do another edit pass on the, on the script to make sure that, you know, uh, uh, everything is kosher to modern standards. But other than that, you know, it's it's fine. You slap the text files in and uh, it, you, you go for it. You don't really have to do all that much. Uh, whereas if most of these games aren't already translated, probably not enough money in the budget to, tra to, to fully translate them for a big pack that's going to get released in the American eShop and not make that much money. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think most of them are. But the fact that it's not all of them are is, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't think this is coming over to our eShop. I'm just hoping at least one or two of these games are in English. Yeah. Because it'd be nice to own a, a Metabots thing. Yeah. Uh, 20 years later. <laughs> oh, man. Well, uh, let's let's not give it another 20 years. Uh, Mitch, where can people find you on the internet? They can find me at uh, on Twitter at BigBadBeetleBoy. Uh, I spend most of my time over there anymore. Uh, what about you? Uh, you uh, doing anything fun? Uh, I'm, of course you can, uh, you can hear me on, uh, Well Cool Robot. We are getting very close to the end of Zeta Gundam. 
uh and and then we'll be we'll be out uh i i will be off the show and uh we'll have a, a max will have a new co-host for double zeta and you won't see me again until we cover um char's counterattack but uh we are we are in some absolutely uh hog wild episodes of zeta uh having a great time uh and pretty soon we're gonna we're gonna get some caraba's italian bistro uh for the wrap-up episode but um, you can also find me on most social media at Pagetish. Uh, that's P-A-D-G-E-T-T-I-S-H. And uh, yeah, uh, my account is completely unlocked. Follow to your heart's content. Tweet at me, et cetera, et cetera. You can retweet me as well now. It's fantastic. Um, you can also find the show at MetaWatch and MetaRotch. Uh, Mitch, you've been blowing it out of the park with gifts lately. They're absolutely fantastic. <laughs> oh, and uh, these last couple episodes are just um so good the these two episodes alone are so gifable that i'm gonna have i'm not going to be able to post everything i'm doing right now because i i try to limit myself to a few a day um and i got i gotta save up something in case we get a couple a couple episodes that aren't going to have anything for me <laughs> but yeah they're oh it's so fun uh but yeah i guess um oh man um i guess as we've learned uh with with especially the second episode uh, you know, I, us- I know we usually we we are still trying to figure a bit out. We're still trying to uh, you know uh, uh, you know maybe have a little little banter at the end. But like, what could be better said than saying nothing at all?